Welcome to episode 32 of Near Death Dolls. I'm Lisa. And I'm Paige. And we are hosties with the mosties. While talking about ghosties. And other totally sus shit. Oh shit. It's so sus. Oh my god. Totes <laughs> sus. Paige is sus. So sus. Suspicious. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the word actually. Thank you for joining us today. Lisa will be telling us all about the highly sus, quote unquote suspicious, disappearance of Monique Daniels. Absolutely. But first, we want to tell you about our special Patreon exclusive show, Dolls After Dark. It's a chill and chilling conversation show. Kind of dirty, kind of like the name implies. And uh, we just got done recording one for our Patreons. And uh, we talked about some very interesting topics. Paige, like, found some crazy conspiracy dealing with the Bible and Russia. Oh, my God. So crazy. <laughs> so I'm going to be thinking about it all night. Right? It's going to drive you nuts. If you guys want to know what we're talking about, you should really go and get in on that Dark Dolly Fun and join our Patreon, right, Paige? Oh, my God. Yeah. You guys should listen to that episode for my weird biblical conspiracy theory and then also for lisa because she gave some really interesting facts about stephen king damn right i did the king of horror (laughs) fuck yeah (laughs) hail to the king and if you do want a piece of that dark dolly fun join our patreon you can find the link in our show notes or you can go to www.patreon.com slash near death dolls podcast lisa what intoxicating concoction are you sipping on tonight? Well, let me tell you what I got, Paige. Well. I don't know why that voice just came out. I'm just <laughs> excited. I've been drinking. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> so this is what I enjoyed uh, for Halloween. My sister came over with my niece and we went trick-or-treating, but this was the cocktail of choice. We had ginger ale mixed with deep eddy vodka that was cranberry flavored so it had this cranberry ginger it's kind of leaning more towards like the thanksgiving christmas holidays but i was really really in the mood for cranberry and like this mixture is amazeballs oh my god it sounds so good you said deep eddy cranberry Mm -hmm. i gotta try that deep eddy sweet tea you were talking about Mm -hmm. and now the deep eddy cranberry because i also have been craving cranberry like crazy oh yeah no this is this is fantabulous um for halloween we even put a splash of um grand marnier because it's orange flavored and it it was like a cranberry orange ginger mixture oh so lovely and actually canada dry just came out with a new um ginger ale it's called like ginger ale bold or something and it's closer to a um kind of a ginger beer with a gingery bite oh like a kick yeah Mm -hmm. a little more spicy so if you might you might be able to find that at your your local stores um but it's it's a canada dry bold is that what you guys tried yes i am actually well i'm actually drinking just the regular ginger ale but i did buy the bold for halloween and drank it up because it was really good oh man i gotta try that so just to clarify you were drinking this while you were dressed up as a near-death doll? Yes! I, I don't... Rem- you know what? I think I was terrible, and I didn't even post it on our Instagram. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'll have to go back and uh, put it up so you guys know what I'm talking about. But I did dress as a near-death doll for Halloween. It was so cool, guys. It's the coolest costume. <laughs> I had some random, like, dress in my closet that was like, well, this is kind of cute. Let's do this. It was like 
white with little uh, red hearts all over it. And then I put my hair in ponytails, did like a very white face. And I had these like little like painted on dolly lips and a a crack in my, on my head, like my porcelain had cracked. Yes. And she did the greatest little um, fake eyelashes painted on. Oh my God, Mm -hmm. you guys need to see it. We'll post it. I almost felt like I was, I looked kind of clown-ish, but. I don't know. As soon as I saw it, I was like. She's a doll. She's a near-death doll. I fucking love this. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Yes, I, I'll make sure I post it maybe with our, um, whenever we, we post our episode pictures. Oh, yes. Yes. Good idea. On the grams. Mm-hmm. So Paige, what are you drinking? What is your intoxicating concoction this night? It's not much. I mean, I didn't concoct nothing, but um, <laughs> I popped the top of it. No, anyway. <laughs> but you popped the top I popped, I popped the top off of a Stella Artois cider. Ooh, Stella Artois. Oh, oh. I, love, I don't know if I'm even saying it right. <laughs> yeah, I think you are. Stella Artois. I, I have always liked Artois cider. If I'm mm-hmm. at a bar or something, I'm like, do you have Stella Artois cider? If they don't, I go for something else because I'm like, I don't know. Some of those other ciders are too bitter for me. Oh, really? I think so. And, you know, some of them, at least... Before COVID, when I would go to bars, they had uh, Stella Artois on tap, cider on tap. And it was so good, like real fresh, you know, I'd get a whole pitcher and I'd be like, y'all bitches need to get your own pitcher. This is mine. (laughs) (laughs) You just stuck a straw in it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I don't need a cup. (laughs) Hey, random question. Have you ever had a beer or a cider out of a straw? Like have you ever sucked it out of a straw? Like is that, that's a no-no, right? Like you shouldn't do that. Right? I've never had that. I've never even thought about it. Hmm. Have you drank wine from a straw? I've never drank know. wine from a straw either. I feel like these are things we might need to try. I don't mind that idea, especially because I've just gotten this new, somewhat new from my birthday. Um, it's like a stemless wine glass. It's, you know, uh, insulated. So if you want a cold drink, it'll keep it cold, etc. Mm-hmm. But it's got a lid on it that's kind of like a sippy cup. Oh, so yeah, that- I have one of those. Isn't sure. it so cool? Oh my god, it's my first it's one. The I best. love it, and it's like you could, you can open and close the top so that it, if it accidentally falls over, it doesn't spill. It just rolls. <laughs> yeah, I'll totally stick a straw in that. Just make it extra easy for myself. And you know, it would really help with, um, at least with me when we're podcasting because I have a microphone headset. I don't have like the mic in front of my face. Yeah. And sometimes it's kind of hard to take a sip of whatever I'm sipping on. Oh, yeah. You can't really take your face away from the microphone because it follows you. Yeah, absolutely. And then if I try and I can't make it, you know what I think? What? Sip, sip, what the shit? Sip, sip, what the shit? From a straw. <laughs> from a straw. <laughs> We're going to have to make some wine tumblers or something that say sip, sip, what the shit just for oh you guys. Oh, God. Oh my God, that would be awesome. If you want some merch like that, let us know on Instagram or Twitter. Just say, hey, I like that idea. I would be down. Hashtag sip, sip, what the shit cups. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Hashtag sip, sippy cup, what the shit. I don't know where I was going with that. There you go. Sip, sippy cups. (laughs) All right. Well, those are our drinks. How about we talk about the the disappearance of Monique Daniels? I want to hear about this. Yeah, this this one is, uh, it's tough. It's kind of scary, and let me just preface this by saying all parties are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. One of those cases, okay. Right, so, uh, yeah, so I first heard about this on a YouTube channel by Kendall Ray, and she does lots of, like, missing peoples and, um, 
lots of true crime as well and that's where I first heard of this and I really 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 wish this had gotten more publicity and this happened a long time ago before like while we were kids but still it kind of it kind of gets me because as we talk about things uh I relate Monique a lot to my older sister because I think they were the same age so when you look at pictures and you watch old videos you I just feel it's like heart tugs I'm like reminds me of my older sister who is alive she's she's nothing's bad has happened she didn't go missing no my older sister's very much found we know where she is usually (laughs) at disney world Ooh, okay (laughs) (laughs) without kids Ooh, even better (laughs) yeah no kidding okay so let's get into it so monique christine daniels was born in biloxi mississippi june 16th 1976 so it is a little while ago. Mm-hmm. A little while ago. She was the oldest of six siblings. So she came from a big family. Kind of like you. How many siblings are in your family, Paige? Thanks. She got six siblings. I got five siblings in total, including myself. Okay. So there's five of you. So there were six of in her family. And she's the oldest. Wow. And she's the oldest. Okay. Her mom had divorced her biological dad when she was pretty young, as he was abusive um, both physically and sexually. Oh, my um, God. I wasn't sure if he had been sexually abusive to her or, like, the mom or the siblings, um, but he is now a convicted sex offender and in prison. Oh, good. Okay. So, Monique's mom's name is Candace, and there's I'm going to be throwing some names out there, so hopefully you guys can keep them straight, and I'll try and explain as I go along, like, this person is this relation to her. Okay. So far, we've got Monique and Candace, her mom. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. Can- Candace is the mom. Uh, Candace marries Charles Chuck Daniels, and he goes by Chuck. Um, and together they had, I believe, two children. And it, sometimes it got a little confusing of how the pairings were. So I believe there were four siblings, so Monique and then her three younger siblings uh, from her mom and her biological dad. And then her mom remarries Chuck, and I think they had two kids together, I believe. Oh, okay. So she had two half-siblings. I believe that's how it works. I, I got some conflicting things because it, it was just confusing. So six siblings six kids total some from one dad some from another dad yes yes so monique is described by friends uh as well as her sister angelique so angelique is a very big player in this so remember angelique she's the only sister to um monique oh the rest are boys all the rest are boys dang okay that kind of sounds like my family where i was about to say yeah (laughs) me my sister and three brothers (laughs) exactly So Monique is described by her friends as uh, beautiful, smart, lots of fun, and was always putting others before herself. And I'm like, such a sweetheart. If you saw pictures of her, you're like, yeah, she looks like just the sweetest. She aspired to go to medical school and become a doctor because she really liked to help people. Um, And yeah, just looking at her smile, she has the most beautiful smile and gorgeous eyes. Oh my gosh, I just looked it up. She looks so sweet big curly hair yeah of, of the 80s definitely yeah. Yeah. the big poofy curly permy hair uh and i feel like she's the kind of girl like i'd want to be friends with and by looking at her i feel like she's sweet enough to want to hang out with like even weird kids like me <laughs> I, I could totally see her being our friend in high school <laughs> right exactly so the Daniels family lived in Moore, Oklahoma, and both Candace and Chuck, the parents, were in the military. Oh, wow. Okay. What did, do you know what Candace did? I don't know. I actually don't really know what either of them did in the military. Oh, okay. Um, it never really came up, but we'll, we'll touch a little bit more on her later. But um, So Monique's sister, Angelique, uh, described their home life as very strict military 
boot camp feel, you know. That's what happens when you have two parents in the military. It's very, like... Very disciplined. Very disciplined. (laughs) Uh, Angelique described, like, the house always having to be super clean and neat. Like, never was there ever a mess. I'm pretty sure they probably had to be like, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. Wake up at 6 a.m. Make your bed. (laughs) Uh, She also described her parents as fighting often, both among themselves and with Monique. So... When we talk about Monique, we're going to talk about her as a teenager. So by the time she was a teenager, she was fighting with her mom. Yes. And I'm like, we all have been there, right? <laughs> yes. Teenage girls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And boys, for that matter. Yeah, that's true. Teenagers in general. Yeah, let's just put it at teenagers. You're going to fight with your parents. It's natural. Yeah, very. The situation at home became even more tense when Monique became pregnant at the age of 15. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. Poor Monique. That's that's a lot to take in as a 15-year-old. Yeah. So having super strict parents, and this is a time when teenage pregnancy was way more looked down on than it is today. Like, today we have, like, teen mom shows, like, something yes. to aspire to. Yes. <laughs> it is glamorized to a point. Yes. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. And, it, it, and it's a lot more accepted now than it was, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That just got more and more accepted. Like, do you remember in our high school... There was a daycare for teen moms and their babies. And my mom was so shocked by that. And I was like, who cares? You know, but anyway. (laughs) You're like, I'm not putting any kids in there. Calm down, mom. Exactly. (laughs) I was not in high school for sure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. So she got pregnant at 15 and it led to her running away to her friend's house because her parents, you know, of course, were mad. So um, when she ran away, Chuck and Candace like panicked and they went looking for her calling everyone they could to try and find her ultimately monique's friends convinced her to return home which i'm like that's good like it's good to have friends that are like look you you should probably go home like you're gonna have to deal with everything right <laughs> it's just yeah. a part of growing up right it is it totally is you're gonna learn how to deal with the conflict of it and mm-hmm. your parents will eventually you know get over the shock because that's what happens instantly right you're like what the fuck how did that happen and then you start to realize okay my daughter's having sex this is awful I'm upset but then you you know it's you start to get to the acceptance stage right eventually you have to accept it uh so once she went back her parents persuaded though some say forced um her to get an abortion oh so they did not accept it as much not not in that way no uh so everyone said this devastated monique like and and can you imagine how it would feel like i i can't because i've never had i've never been pregnant i've never had to terminate a pregnancy i think every woman whether they want to do it or not is still gonna feel very sad about it um yeah i mean i also could see how they were trying to help her in a way Mm -hmm. like if she didn't want to give up the baby that's a whole different story and that's upsetting that Mm -hmm. they kind of made her but at the same time having a baby at 15 just like i don't i don't want to say it wrecks your life but it doesn't help out (laughs) but it takes away from some of the experience of growing up um without a kid exactly yeah you're you have to be an adult all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you do So, tensions were really high leading up to the day of Monique's disappearance. Candace, Angelique, and her brother, Brian, uh, Angelique and Monique's brother, Brian, not Candace's. So, Candace, the mom, Angelique, her daughter, and her son, Brian, were invited to go on a tour with their church choir group for like a week. Oh, that sounds like a fun tour, I I assume, since it's a week long. Yeah, 
gets gets away. When they returned, Chuck told Candace that Monique had run away again. And Candace just said, oh, really? Or something to kind of indicate that they just weren't that worried. And presumably because they figured Monique just went to her friend's house again. Right, because she had just done that. Mm -hmm. She came home on her own. Well, you know, like her friends convinced her to come home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so as time went on, uh, Angelique actually got a phone call from Monique saying that she was fine. Uh, Not long after, a couple letters came in the mail for Candace from Monique saying that she was married and had a daughter and was living in Alaska, but was traveling with her husband as he worked all over the country. Oh my god. And that's the end of the story, right? Uh, no. (laughs) How did all this happen? (laughs) (laughs) It was very hard to kind of pinpoint like a timeline of when when everything came and, and whatnot, but nope, absolutely not the end of the story. Oh my god, this is crazy. Suddenly she's in Alaska and has a daughter and she's married? What is this, like two months later? <laughs> it feels like it got rushed when I tell it, but apparently it was a little, there was a little more spacing out. But let's, let's back up a little, okay? Mm, okay, okay. And before I go any further, let me say it was, really, like I said, really hard to pinpoint a timeline of all these events like nothing was really written down like this day this happened this day this happened this is when this happened yeah so if I say like I might have like a month and a year but more often than not I'll be saying like a while later so oh I understand that's why it seems so fast when I told it just now no yeah that was I understand totally yeah so we're gonna rewind so Angelique the sister says when she and her mom and her brother returned from the choir trip, the house was a disaster. Remember, this house is never dirty, like boot camp clean. Right. And they're both in the military, not just her. Chuck is in the military, too. And I know they make them clean up, too. Yes, absolutely. So uh, Angelique says that there were cigarette butts put out by the fireplace mantle, multiple beer bottles lying around. She says that the house was never in disarray like this and that they're their parents just wouldn't allow it. That's like extra messy. That's not like, oh, there's a couple cushions on the floor or somebody didn't sweep for a while. Right, exactly. And while the last time Monique ran away, her parents instantly went looking for her. But this time, they didn't. Remember, they kind of just assumed that she was at her friend's house, maybe. A little strange. Mm-hmm. A little, getting a little sus here. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling the sus. <laughs> feeling the sus. Uh, that needs to go on a shirt, too. I'm feeling the sus. sus. Writing it down. (laughs) Please. Okay, so as the weeks went by, Angelique and her siblings were not allowed to talk about Monique. Like her parents were like, we're not talking about it. Wait, what? She said it was like her parents were trying to erase the memory of her ever being a part of the family. They even went as far as taking new family pictures and replacing them with the foreign ones that had Monique in them. What the fuck? I'm taking a sip. Sip, sip, what the shit right now. Yeah. Like, I don't understand this. A little, a little sus over here. So the one adult who actually did want to find out where Monique was, was her aunt, whose name is Leslie, who I believe is the sister of Candace. Okay. She's the one who's making sense right now. She's like, why aren't you guys looking? Like, she, she got really concerned. She would often ask about the progress of finding Monique, but was never given much information from Candace or Chuck. Poor Monique. Mm-hmm. Finally, about six months later, later in January of 1993, uh, Aunt Leslie asked Candace, her sister, for the missing persons report that she'd filed for Monique, only to find out that they never reported her missing. What the fuck? (laughs) Sip, sip, what the shit? I'm taking another one. There you go. Poor Paige is going to be sloshed. Uh, There's not a lot of alcohol in this. I'm going to need another bottle. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just throw some vodka in it. You'll be fine. 
not but a few weeks later, that's when the phone call from Monique came and Angelique answers it. Okay, and that's the sister. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Angelique is her younger sister by a couple years. Then not long after that, that's when the letters came. And Aunt Leslie asked that the letters be taken to the police for like a handwriting analysis. Right. So Candace, the mom, agrees, but the day she's supposed to take them in, there's a robbery at the Daniels' home and several things were stolen, like a boombox, some CDs, Mm -hmm. and the letters. What? Come on. Oh, my God. Of course they're going to steal the boombox and stuff. Like, okay, that's what thieves do. They don't mm-hmm. steal paper like <laughs> that doesn't yeah. have money on it, you know? Exactly. That's very strange. So the following year, Angelique calls her Aunt Leslie, who I believe lives in Michigan. So they're in Oklahoma. Leslie lives in Michigan. Uh, mm. She tells her Aunt Leslie she's being neglected and abused at home, and she's going to run away. So, Leslie tells her she can come live with her in Michigan. So, Angelique Mm -hmm. gets on a bus, and she says she cried the whole entire trip there. Um, I I believe it was, like, a three-day trip on a bus, which, like, that's, to me, that's scary. I've been on a bus with an adult when I was a kid, and, like, that's just scary. Yeah, same. Like, by yourself. So, I can't imagine three days on a bus, but that's just me. I I guess it must have been really bad at home for her to want to go do that. Absolutely. So once she was with her aunt, uh, Angelique has something really big to confess. Oh, shit. I'm nervous. Those letters and the phone call from Monique weren't actually from Monique. They were from her. What? What? She was covering it up? Here's the explanation. She had been pressured by Chuck to write the letters. He had told her that her mom, Candace, was suicidal and it would help her to hear from Monique, quote unquote, hear from her. So afterwards... So so Chuck has her write these letters pretending to be Monique, and he tells her what to write. Um, And afterwards, Angelique feels really guilty for participating in this ruse, and she wants to tell the truth. Yeah. She was kind of afraid of what would happen if Monique did come back, and it was obvious the letters weren't from her. Like, she was really nervous about getting in trouble. And according to her, Chuck said if she confessed that she would go to jail. Oh, my God. Chuck is super sus right now. Terribly sus. So he reassured her that Monique wasn't coming back, and at the time, she assumed Chuck had sent her off to a girls' like reform school, uh, as he had threatened to do that with like any of the kids, like when they were misbehaving, he would threaten to send them to like like boot camp, military school type thing. You know, I, you, you've heard of that, right? That's a thing. Oh, totally. Right? Yeah, like a almost like boarding school. Like just get them out of the house. They're too bad. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that phone call Angelique got from her sister was fake, too. She was instructed by Chuck to pretend Monique was on the phone. That's messed up. Mm -hmm. So Angelique didn't tell her parents that she was running away. And guess what her parents did immediately? They filed a missing persons report for Angelique. (gasps) Oh, really? Okay. Mm -hmm. So Monique Daniels goes missing and they're like, hmm. She'll be back, I'm sure. She's just at a friend's house down the street for how long? And then their other daughter goes to an actual aunt's house, and they're like, oh, shit, she's missing. I know they didn't know where she was going, but still, it's very suspicious. Oh, God. It gets worse, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) And, okay, so once they learn that she was with Aunt Leslie, they tried to petition to have Angelique extradited back to Oklahoma, 
but she had reported them for child abuse and neglect. Uh, so she was allowed to stay with her aunt. I guess the courts assumed she would be safe there. So oh, Okay, so I was wondering about that. So when she came up to see her aunt, mm-hmm. did she say something like, I wasn't really abused. I just wanted to get away from Chuck because... No, no, no. She she does still claim the abuse was real. And I, I, I do believe her based yeah. on things that I'll tell you soon. Okay. But yeah, no, no, no. It it was true. And I think she just ha- had all this guilt on her conscience. And she's like, I have to tell, I have to tell the truth. I'm glad she did. And I guess her parents were technically charged with the abuse and they pled no contest. So that's basically Whoa. like saying kind of like guilty, like sure. Yeah. Did it. yeah. But I guess there were no consequences. I think it was only in the way of how Angelie could stay with her aunt. Did they still have their boys at home? Yes, they do. Oh, okay. Which I thought was really weird. Right. You would think they would, uh, the state would try to take them away or something. Right. I, I don't know a lot of details on that, unfortunately, but no, they still had their boys. So Angelique and her aunt tried to work with the authorities in Oklahoma, but since there was no real leads and no body, it was really hard for the police to kind of, like, figure it out. Yeah, as far as the police knows, she just went off with a boyfriend or something. Exactly. Uh, Apparently, a neighbor said they saw Monique getting in a truck with someone that same day, but the claim is pretty much dismissed by everyone, Um, and I'll, I'll tell you why it's very much dismissed in a little bit. Okay. So we'll, we'll circle back around to him. Uh, so Chuck and Candace refused to take polygraph tests when the authorities asked them to. Even though they're not admissible in court, I feel like it could have at least possibly pointed them in the right direction. Some kind of clue as to what's going on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, they refused to take polygraph tests. I guess that's their right. Yeah, you can refuse. Although it looks sus. It looks so bad. <laughs> but anyways, um, a while later... Um, like I said, I, I could not tell the timeline on this because I just could not find one. Uh, a while later, the Daniels family, uh, being a military family, they moved to Germany for 10 years. What the fuck? <laughs> 10 years? That sounds mm-hmm. like a long time. I, you're right. It's totally a military thing. It's just like, wait, what? <laughs> but I have a feeling they might have like asked to go somewhere. And right. the military's like, yeah, sure. We need people here or here, whatever. But, yeah. uh, but I have a feeling that they they asked to go. But I can't prove that. Right, right. But maybe there was a little bit too mm. much heat in America, <laughs> in Oklahoma. They're like, let's go anywhere else. <laughs> uh, and right before they leave, one of the younger brothers, Andrew, uh, asks Angelique if he can come stay with her and Aunt Leslie. But he ultimately ends up leaving to Germany, go to Germany with his parents. Oh, no. Uh, so he might be getting, like, abused and neglected as well. He, he made the pleas saying he wanted to come, but then I think it was, like, the very next day they moved. Oh, and, he, he, and, he, and he chose to go with them instead, or maybe they forced him. I don't know. Do you know how old he was at that time? Was he, like, teenager, preteen? I want to say, like, maybe in the preteen area. I'm not okay. sure. So the case had no new information until 2013. Whoa! So it jumps from like the mid '90s, early 2000s to 2013. That's crazy, and that wasn't even that long ago. Mm-mm. So I'm gonna put an ad break right here. Ad <laughs> break into my script. Ad break. Take Sorry, a break with a drink and a potty. Flush, flush, flush. <laughs> Wash your hands, not just cause of COVID, cause you splash some pee pee on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> we should just leave that in. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. 
So in May of 2013, in Moore, Oklahoma, where the Daniels family had formerly resided, a tornado devastated the area. Oklahoma. Makes sense. It killed 24 people, caused about $2 million worth of damage, and just left the area a total wreck. Oh my god. And that day, miles away in Michigan, Angelique got a call from her younger brother, Andrew. Who's in Germany, I assume. I don't know if they had moved back at this point. I Mm, feel mm -hmm. like maybe they had but maybe not it could not find that information but Mm -hmm. he has something he hadn't told her that he wanted to share with her about the day monique went missing because he (gasps) wasn't on the trip he was at home with his two brothers oh my god i didn't even think about that that there was actually other kids home not just freaking chuck nope not just chuck and monique but the brothers i don't know the two youngest brothers but i think uh, Andrew is just above the two i think he's the third from the bottom third youngest I don't know how to count. (laughs) That makes sense to me. (laughs) Okay, so here's what Andrew had to say. He says, while his mom, Angelique, and their older brother were away on the choir trip, Monique and Chuck were arguing about something, as they often did. Mm, Okay, so there was unquiet in the house. Unrest, if you will. Yeah. Uh, A little while later, Chuck tells the boys that they were going to go on a fishing trip and to go say goodbye to Monique. So Andrew says Chuck cracked open Monique's door and told the boys just to stay in the hallway and say goodbye. Uh, Andrew also says he could only see Monique sitting on the floor and she didn't really respond to them at all. She wasn't speaking. Uh, So they could only really see her legs. So the boys and Chuck get into their truck to go on a fishing trip without their poles in the rain and they drive a few hours away. So do you not just get the most like Susan Cox Powell vibes from this? Yes, when they went camping in the middle of the fucking night. <laughs> and the snowstorm, right? And the snowstorm. And it's like, oh, yeah, we always do that. And then we stopped and had s'mores. And then we stopped again. And it's like, you don't do that with toddlers, you piece of shit. Yes, exactly. So when I when I heard this part, I was like, okay, all right, Josh Powell, fucker. Right. Oh, my <sighs> God. <laughs> so remember how I was telling you that... um that the neighbor saw said they saw Monique getting in a truck that day. Well, the neighbor said he was outside cutting the grass. Well, mm-hmm. if it's raining, are you cutting the grass? I don't think so. That doesn't sound like something you should be doing in the rain. No. Exactly. So that's why the neighbor's story is dismissed there. So anyways, they get in the truck, no fishing poles, and they drive a few hours away. They stop for lunch, and then they come back home. They never fish. They don't even go to a lake or anything what the fuck did he even say anything like oh boys i'm sorry i forgot the poles let's just eat lunch and go home not to my knowledge not to my knowledge so now once home chuck tells the boys to stay in the truck and not to get out for any reason and i want to say if i'm not mistaken that he pulled the truck into the garage and i think they kind of mentioned that they don't usually park the truck in the garage but anyways the kids have to stay in the car or in the truck chuck goes inside for an hour or two and andrew notes that he really really needed to use the bathroom he he says about an hour or two and now it's kind of hard for okay even adults but (laughs) kids too especially uh to kind of like judge time Oh, totally. Without a cell phone or a mm-hmm. watch on or something. Yeah, it's exactly. like if you're just sitting there, it could feel like forever and you can't really pinpoint. And you have to pee too. So that really oh adds up. Yeah, you start <laughs> dancing and you're like, oh my God, it hurts. Exactly. So when Chuck finally allows the boys to go inside, Andrew says he like hauls ass to the bathroom because he had to go. <laughs> Poor kid. <laughs> uh, he mentioned something felt really off in the bathroom. Uh, the shower curtain was closed and it was usually pulled back. 
but he's he's peeing, and yeah. he. Yeah. He didn't look behind the curtain, though he kind of had a feeling like he wanted to. Have you ever done that? Like, you go to the bathroom and the shower curtain's closed, and you're like, I'm going to just look over here just real quick, make sure there's no one in here. Oh, totally. For no right? reason at all. Oh, yeah. I do that most mornings. I'm like, I don't know why I don't just keep the damn shower curtain back. Because <laughs> it gets moldy. you got to spread it oh, out. Oh, that's true. You're, thank you for being the voice of reason, Paige. You're welcome. <laughs> so he says he's using the bathroom. He kind of gets this weird feeling like he wants to look behind the curtain, but he doesn't. And Chuck was like trying to get him out of the bathroom like ASAP. Like, hurry up and pee and like, come on, come on. Oh, my God. What a jerk. First they're in the truck for two hours, no explanation. And now he's like, what are you doing in the bathroom? Well, I have to fucking pee. I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Go right. in the sink? Um, oh, God. Probably. Yeah. So uh, shortly after, Chuck says he's going to go look for Monique. And he puts the boys in a bedroom and locks them in there for what Andrew says is two days. What the fuck? Jesus Christ. Like I said, it's kind of hard to tell time i guess but i i don't know he says two days in the bedroom locked in the bedroom for two days andrew says he's not sure where his dad was but after about two days he came back and let them out they just had to stay in there and not eat anything not have any he might have put food in there he they might have had a connecting bathroom i don't know i don't know what room i don't know what the situation was like in the room i think he probably threw him some food or something god i hope he at least like gave him a box of ritz crackers or in a pot to piss in or something jesus he lets the boys out and andrew mentions that he sees chuck putting a barrel in the back of his truck and he takes one of the boys uh not him i don't believe and they leave so and it kind of struck me as weird okay so i'm like all right you leave kids in a locked in a room for two days you then you come back and then you leave the boys and i'm not sure what ages they are they're pretty young i'm sure uh probably like 11 or 12 ish maybe Mm -hmm. that old maybe not but so he takes one of the other boys and they leave and when chuck comes back the barrel is not in the truck anymore yeah that's that's very suspicious like and i'm assuming that the kids he left behind he didn't lock in a room this time i it wasn't mentioned i don't think so though yeah assumedly he didn't and it's like why did you do it in the first place what were Mm -hmm. you doing that you didn't want your kids to see so angelique and andrew both feel that chuck is probably responsible for Monique's disappearance as well as, to a lesser extent, but still, their mom, Candace. Yeah, because she didn't try to file a missing persons report Mm -mm. or question her husband or go and call all her, you know, Monique's friends or anything like that. She was just like, oh, she's gone. Bye. It's her lack of concern that Angelique was kind of convinced that her mom may have known about the disappearance, possible murder prior to returning home from the choir trip. She mentions that she noticed her mom was kind of acting strangely on the trip at some point, but she can't really know for sure what yeah, mom yeah. knew. It's so hard to know, right? Like if they, it's just like they're out on the road, it might just be stress from travel, mm-hmm. taking care of kids, who knows? But it does seem very suspicious. Uh, True Crime Daily did a story on Monique's disappearance and interviewed both Angelique and Andrew. They even waited outside Chuck and Candace's home and asked them both what happened to Monique. So they did the thing where they like run up with their microphones and like, what happened? What do you know? Blah, 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 blah. You know how they do that sometimes with uh, reporters? Yeah, they get all aggressive about it. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. But I guess you have to be that way in journalism. Yeah, I, yeah, especially if you think the person's not going to talk to you. Oh, absolutely. They want to try and get as much as quickly as possible and catch people off guard so they say something that 
you know, hopefully can be <laughs> incriminating or give some kind of uh, information they weren't planning on giving. Oh, I hope this happened in this case. Here's what the reporter went up to Candace and asked uh, about Monique. And here's what Candace said. And this is a quote. Whatever happened, it's in God's hands. End quote. Uh, whatever happened, like she knows whatever happened happened. it's in she's saying whatever happens like kind of like i don't understand i don't know whatever Mm -hmm. happened it's in god's hands and then she asked the reporter to go away before she called the cops i get that second part the go away or i'm gonna call the cops that i don't know people just say that get off my property whatever but the first part she was actually pretty polite about it oh she wasn't just like get off my property she's (laughs) like okay that's all i have to say now you need to go before i call the police thank you goodbye um but later Chuck comes home and they did the exact same thing Uh-oh. to which he replies, quote, it's in God's hands. Wait, what? They both said the same thing? It's a very weird thing to say, especially when you're quickly approached. Yeah, like they knew, like they had that saved up to s- like rehearsed almost rehearsed, like, right. You know yeah. what? It's in God's hands because we got nothing to say. We don't want to like, say anything else. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So maybe that was like their trained in their brain go-to of what to say. It seems like it. Like they talked about it ahead of time. Like if anybody says anything, just say it's in God's hands. So I think it's also worth noting that the detective that worked the case said Chuck and Candace both refused to take the lie detector test. And like like we said, it's not admissible in court, but it can help point them in the right direction. Yeah, it would have been nice to hear at least they passed, they failed, whatever. Right. Exactly. And I feel like, let's say you you gave a lie detector test to somebody and you caught them in what seems like a lie. Like, there are ways to cheat it and sometimes you can get false readings from things. But let's say someone's lying. You have the lie. Now, you can't use that as proof, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. you could also follow that lead. Like, were you home that night that your husband died yeah no i wasn't well it's saying you're lying so okay so we need to investigate what time you came home we need to kind of focus on this it might just show them where to focus that's what my thought is oh for sure yeah like they could sit in that same scenario that you were just throwing out there it's like okay now we need to go talk to whoever you were hanging out with go talk to your boss at work if that's where you said you were like Mm -hmm. that's they get you're right it gives them a nice direction to go in exactly so Like I said at the beginning, innocent until proven guilty, at least in the U.S., and Chuck and Candace were never charged with anything relating to the disappearance of Monique. Yeah, I guess it's all circumstantial at this point. It's like she had Mm -hmm. already run away at some point, she came back, and then she ran away again and didn't come back, supposedly. Right. That's all we know. In 2018, Chuck passed away from cancer, and Candace lives in Florida, where I heard she's a school teacher, though I'm not 100% sure that's accurate. Holy cannoli (laughs) it's like we're never gonna find out so monique was last seen wearing a green military style jacket and a men's a men's diamond ring uh with tape around the bottom to make it tighter do you remember doing that like in high school like wearing a boy's ring and you'd buck a band-aid or something to make it fit your teeny tiny finger because it was too big yeah yeah exactly it was like i'm so small my fingers are so small i gotta put tape around like it's almost like a cutesy (laughs) thing (laughs) it kind of is yeah i remember doing that um so that's what she was last seen wearing Uh, i found a thread on reddit where someone was talking about the case uh and someone else who i 
do believe is Monique's sister Angelique commented. Um, but I'm going to say this to protect my own butt. I cannot prove this is her. But sure. It could have been anybody, right? It could have been anybody, but it seemed like it was her because it had her same name, like first and last name, like her married name. Oh, wow. She's married. She is married. And I believe she uh, is a hairdresser or hairstylist, depending on what you want to be called. But, but there was a lot of information that this person who claimed to be Angelique gave uh, in regards to the abuse and details that I didn't include. And I didn't include it only because I'm not 100% sure it's from Angelique. Yeah, that's um, true. That's true. You can't prove it. So I really can't. I mean, when I was watching like the True Crime Daily videos, I could prove that was her because it has her name and her talking so yeah but this person on reddit i couldn't be 100 percent sure but if you want a deeper look you can go on reddit and search monique daniels slash uh runaway or something sinister question mark that's the name of the reddit thread oh okay um and there seems to be a lot of information from this person who says it's angelique interesting okay so that's like armchair detective stuff it could be to look into i mean like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna take the time to look into this and try to figure it out what happened Mm -hmm. absolutely So this case has never been solved, but I hope one day the truth will come to light. Uh, Angelique believes her mother knows the truth, but we'll have to see if she ever says something before she, you know, dies. Yeah. And honestly, if it were me, like, I can't keep a secret that weighs on my heart. So I confess and just deal with the consequences because I can't handle it. And I wish other people in the world were like that. But like, I know if I murdered somebody, I would just have to give myself up immediately because I'm like, I I can't deal with something sitting on me like that. I know. And that sounds really weird. Like, I don't think that sounds weird. Why would that sound weird? I would call the cops on myself if I accidentally or, you know, somewhat. It would have to be like a crime of passion. And then later I'd be like, oh, shit what did I do and then I'd call the cops on myself (laughs) yeah you'd kemper yourself or he's like well it's done yeah exactly I've done what I needed to do I guess (laughs) send me to the prison or whatever (laughs) Mm -hmm. but yeah I just I'd be the worst (laughs) to get away with something because I've always found that like if you do something wrong the best thing you can do is just fess up immediately take responsibility and then go from there but if you try and hide it and you lie and you dig yourself into a hole it, things only get way way worse oh my god it's so true it, it it's like you just create this labyrinth of lies for yourself mm-hmm. and it's just like oh this isn't worth it and i'm a terrible liar anyway so <laughs> it would end miserably <laughs> and i am too and we know that from among us no you're actually a pretty good page i don't know everybody figured it out i was like oh it wasn't me <laughs> and i was just laughing so much everyone was like it's totally page <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'm sorry i hope hopefully i guys i wish i had more information and i scoured and the only like deep details were in that reddit thread and like i didn't want to give you guys false information if i weren't if i wasn't sure of the source right because anybody on reddit could pretend to be angelique that's the problem yes exactly so i would recommend if you want to kind of delve into it you can look at that reddit thread and you can read the details and decide for yourself like to me i think it is her i truly do but I can't say for sure. I hope it's her. I mean, I hope, I I assume of all the things she's had to go through that she would be out there trying to at least help people figure it out. Like, Mm -hmm. please find my sister. Right. And I think they did search multiple areas based on the length of time. I think they assumed Chuck left 
and stuff like that. So yeah, but it's like it could be anywhere. It really could, unfortunately. So that's the story of Monique Daniels. And that her own mother probably knows what happened or at least knows that it wasn't on the up and up. Mm hmm. And she's not talking. Like, Chuck's dead. She, he can't do anything to you now. You're just staying quiet for yourself. And that's messed exactly. up. Exactly. And I feel like, at, I'm, I don't know how old she'll be at this point, but I feel like it's it's probably a good time to just go ahead and say what you know. Right. You never know. Could I have a heart attack tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And no one will ever know. And it, like this, like I said, this story brings so many of the Susan Cox Powell vibes that it just drives me nuts. Like someone knows something. The one yes. person who probably knew the most information has died. The next person isn't talking. And I feel like they really should before things, before she goes. Yeah. And then no one ever, ever knows. Yeah. Nobody else knows. It's one person and they're getting on in years. It's like, ugh, so frustrating. Very frustrating. Wow. <laughs> Holy yeah. mother of Jeebus. That was great. That was it's a very good, very interesting case. Just, oh man, frustrating. I really wish, you know, we could find out the truth. But that be that. And that's our episode. Yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at Near Death Dolls Podcast. You can tweet us on Twitter at Near Death Dolls. And send us an email at neardeathdolls at gmail.com with your spooky, creepy, weird personal experience because we want to share that in our Dear Dolly's Listener Stories episode. If you do email us, let us know if we can use your name or not. And if you have a social media you want us to shout out, we will do that. Heck yeah, we will. We'd be excited to do it. Hells yeah. And if you like what you heard, let us know by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also help us by taking a screenshot while you're listening to our episode and share on Instagram or Twitter. It's a simple, fast, and free way to support us. If you like joining in on the fun, which I know you do, mm-hmm. come, come on over to the Dark Dolly side and join our Patreon for some delicious extras. And dearest doll faces, please be kind to each other. Until next time, bye bye Goodbye, dolls. Mwah, mwah. Goodbye. Goodbye. Ta-ta. <laughs> the near-death doll musical. <laughs> The new death doll musical. Ooh, 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 ooh. What the fuck are you doing tonight? <laughs> Drinking with Paige and Lisa. Sip, sip, what the shit? <laughs> okay, I guess you have an opera going on. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of another type of music at that time. <laughs> it's cool. It's okay. I love it. Love it. Love it. Hamilton. We should do that. <laughs> <laughs> Just pull Hamilton out of your ass. <laughs> Special thanks to Sam Hears for our art and music. If you'd like to see more from him, check out the links in our show notes.